0: Everybody, welcome to the Hidden Gems podcast on Rachel's Reviews. So excited to be here this week! I can't believe that it's practically October, and <laughs> I thought this was just going to be something we do a couple of weeks to get us through quarantine. But here we are. This is so exciting! I love doing this, and it's really fun to dive in deeper to the uh, hidden gems that are available on the streaming services. Uh, they beyond just the basic big big new releases, and so today we we're talking about Amazon Prime, and this is our third episode on Amazon Prime. And uh, I am film critic Rachel Wagner, and Ryan is here.
1: Hey, Rachel! So great to be with you once again, and so great to uh, to be with all of you watching. Uh, the uh, The pumpkin spice latte herds are starting to re- to come back from hibernation. Uh, <laughs> it is a uh, I love this time of year. It's so beautiful. We are so close to Halloween. I've been incredibly busy working on my channel with my my biggest series that I'm ever going to be doing, uh, mm. taking place all throughout the month of October, and I'll talk about that once we get to the end. But man, this is just, it's going to be just a rocket of a last couple of months. Like, we, we joke about how fast 2020 is going, and how slow it's going all at the same time. It's slow, fast or fast, slow. (laughs) But it's like with October, November, and December, like no matter what happens, I'm still gonna have fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm Really excited to about October because we're gonna have my uh, next edition of Disney Scares Month, which I think this is my fifth year doing it, so fourth or fifth, and so yeah, I've uh, I've got some fun stuff planned, and I, I'm doing a uh, a collab over with with Lee from uh, uh, Drum Dums uh a podcast um youtube channel anyway we're going to be talking about watcher in the woods so that's going to be really fun and it's a nice chance to get to t- to, to talk about some like more family friendly uh but slightly scary uh films and i'm really excited about that again to dive in and uh so anyway so we've got fun stuff planned in october
1: yeah, you got to savor these uh, these next couple of months because after that, you got 3.25 million <laughs> Christmas movies to review. No, like across Hallmark and Lifetime. <laughs> in, in the words, in the words of one of our greatest living philosophers, Mike Rowe, it's a dirty job, but somebody's got to do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. One of our co-hosts, she has a countdown on her uh, phone, a countdown to the beginning of Countdown to Christmas. And I was just like, that's just like a, it's like a, a death toll. Like it's like, oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. <laughs> no, I'm really, really, really excited about it, but it is going to be a lot of work. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, this is in, in this show, we each give five recommendations that are we consider kind of deeper cuts, or something that might not be the most obvious pick on these. Uh, streaming services, and uh, it's a lot of fun. And so let us know what you've been watching on Amazon Prime, uh, what you recommend, and uh, we will have links to all of the other episodes that we've done in the description. So Ryan, why don't you start us off? What is your first pick?
1: So my first pick is from 2010, and it is called RED, uh, which is short for Retired Extremely Dangerous. Uh, This is based on I can't remember if this is a Vertigo comic or an Image comic, but it's it's in it's under the DC Comics umbrella now, so it's it's based on the DC comic essentially, uh, and it tells the story of a man named Frank Moses, played by Bruce Willis, who after spending like thirty plus years in the CIA is now retired and hating every second of it, but when somebody tries to kill him he springs back into action and gets his old cohorts to join in with him and those include Morgan Freeman, Helen Mirren, and John Malkovich. Oh and all throughout that he's being hunted by a very hungry CIA agent played by Carl Urban and is in the middle of a romantic relationship with Sarah played by Mary Louise Parker. Uh, when this movie came out uh, I wasn't too familiar with anything outside of like Batman and Spider-Man in terms of the comics world. So when I heard that this was based on a comic, I was like, this can't be. Like nobody has like superpowers or is climbing up walls or hunting down criminals that look like clowns. You know, this is sort of similar to our real life, but like a souped up version. And I walked out of this movie extremely happy because... I think this this isn't going to like change the game in terms of comic book storytelling, but on the basic premise of these older people who were spies are now doing one last ride has been done a lot worse before, so it was largely very good. Uh, Bruce Willis has effectively stopped caring at this point, but there was a time when he actually did, and this is one of those times, mm. thank God. Uh, Morgan Freeman is always excellent in anything he's in. And John Malkovich is a lot of fun. He's essentially a conspiracy theorist who believes that, that the government is spying on us. I mean, are we sure about that conspiracy theory? Like, like I'm, <laughs> I'm asking this honestly here. And Mary Louise Parker is a lot of fun too. Uh, the chemistry between her and Willis is really a lot of fun. The highlight of the movie though, this is worth the price of admission, is when Bruce Willis and Carl Urban have this big old fight. It's in, it's in this office back in the saddle by Aerosmith is played overhead and it's just a great fight. He, Willis body slams Urban through a table, gets him in an arm hold and says, Hey, did Klosky train you? And Urban's like, yeah. And he's like, well, I trained Klosky. And then breaks his arm. It's, it's not, it's so funny and so dark all at the same time. And I love it. So it's a bit of a harder edge. It's not rated R, but it's definitely got its moments, but red is definitely a very underrated
0: comic book movie i would say i i've never seen i've heard of it but i've never seen it so that sounds interesting yeah, to... i even
1: uh, i even like the sequel too it's a bit of a step down but i still like it
0: mm-hmm. yeah very cool yeah it's interesting for a while there they I, they were making a lot of movies whether it was action movies whether it was comedies whether it's dramas for uh, senior citizens because uh, they, I think they actually go to the movies quite a bit uh, before COVID uh, because, you know, it's someplace they can, they usually get senior citizen discounts and, you know, there's something like second Ex- exotic miracle hotel or, or, uh, you know, something like that, or book, uh, that book club movie, things like that, that are sort of designed for an older audience uh that uh that you get and i think that's like maybe the the action version of that kind of demographic so interesting uh funny
1: side story before we move on uh i was working at at my local movie theater when book club initially came out and on saturdays and sundays for like the noon and two o'clock show times they'd be sold out like you couldn't fit another person in there with vaseline like it was just (laughs) it was just packed it was packed to the gills those and, are the uh, days and i was uh, yes indeed and i was working in concessions and my and my buddy who was also working there he walked out of there and says hey jake have you been in the book club theater and i'm like no is it is it full and he's like it looks like a cotton field in there because everybody in there oh
0: had yeah
1: <laughs> great there i just i just laughed a little too hard at that
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's funny Uh, very good all right so my first pick is uh has some fighting in it i guess action at least um and it is the movie warrior which i think is very underrated and you don't have to be into mixed martial arts to enjoy this film uh, this is Gavin O'Connor. He's a really, uh, I think, a good director. And uh, it, it's, it tells a true story of these two brothers uh, Tom Hardy, Joel Edgerton. Uh, one is coming back from war, he's kind of the rebel. Uh, and then and, uh, the other is more of like the home body type, he's a teacher. Uh, and he's you know married family uh, they both are very resentful of their father who's played by nick nolte he was nominated for an oscar for this and uh, they end up entering this contest contest for ufc and they of course it's kind of obvious the big reveal at the end and they end up having to to fight themselves each other and uh and it's all about these these men and particularly their relationship with their father. And can they forgive him for what he did and the fact he was an alcoholic. And uh, it's, I think it's very well done. It's so satisfying and you feel so invested in all of the characters. And uh, so if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. And like I said, you, you do not have to be into UFC or into fighting or anything like that. It's it's about the people involved in this case uh so I, I just highly recommend it.
1: Yeah, Warrior was my favorite movie of twenty eleven. When I was making my best of the decade video, it, it was uh it was a it was a tie between uh Warrior and Drive. And there was like Drive Warrior, Drive Warrior, Drive Warrior. And I finally settled on Warrior because I can't remember this exact quote, but some author once said Oh, it was Mark Twain. He said that my, most books are like wine. My books are like water. And I'm butchering that, but I'm sure you all got the point. Essentially, what you, what I attribute to Drive and Warrior is this. Drive is like wine. like It's got a lot of fermented notes. It tingles on the tongue and tantalizes the senses, but it's alcohol and it's not for everybody. But Warrior is like water. It's it doesn't hold anything back. It is exactly what it is, but it's for everybody, and it's honestly more healthy than the wine.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, but- I mean, and yeah, and with uh, with Warrior, the, the it's like a ticking clock. You know, because you have the you have Nick Nolte's character that's in recovery, and obviously it's very difficult for him to stay in recovery with his sons being so upset with him and his life kind of in shambles and you just know you know that he is going to fall he's going to have a a fall and it's just like waiting waiting and then it's still just so devastating when it does happen and how it happens and uh, some people might call this movie predictable but i think it takes takes a formula See then and and executes it really well and i think that um that formula films are only bad if the characters are not well done and the the performances are not well done formula films are fine are, are sometimes quite excellent sometimes better than original films uh if they can take something that we know and 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 execute it well uh with really interesting characters and with really uh interesting settings or depending on the movie but uh but this it's 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 about these characters and these men uh, and the, so there's no need to reinvent the wheel as a, as far as the story beats go
1: exactly and uh th- three of my favorite scenes from 2011 happen in warrior and they're relatively close to each other the first is the casino scene when tom Hardy's just sitting there putting coins into a slot machine and nick nolte's trying to talk to him and he and and he's just not having it, but then Tom Hardy just explodes on him. And it's, it's one of those, it, it's just like, you have to watch it through your hands. It's so, it's so disturbing because despite the fact that Nick Nolte's character did do very bad things, he's at least trying to make an attempt to make things right. And Tom Hardy's character is not exactly helping. So it, it's just a matter of, yeah, he's done bad things, but he's at least trying mm-hmm. like to, to make things right. And Tom Hardy's like like no past is the path. No past is the past. Yeah. Stuff get out of here. And then the, well, and the it's very- hard
0: because sorry, it's hard because people that are in recovery have burned a lot of bridges a lot of times and have have uh, have been uh, manipulative, and so you don't want to enable them, and you want to you you want to be hesitant, but then also you want to help them in their recovery. It's it's really tough.
1: Yeah, and the scene after that is when Nick Nolte finally falls off the wagon. He's drunk in like fifteen or sixteen of those mini liquors from the mini fridge. And he's listening to his Moby Dick audiobook and he's like, Get off the ship! Get off the ship! Get off the ship. And Tom Hardy's character comes in and he's just like, uh oh. And 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 he just like they just have a moment and you're just like, Okay devastating. And and, and then I think the one after that or before that before the casino scene is when Joel Edgerton and Tom Hardy finally meet for like the first time all movie. You've seen them separately, but never together. And they just air out like 20 years of dirty laundry. And it's, it's brutal, but it's so well acted and so well directed. That's why the way back is currently still my favorite movie of 2020 so far. Like you said, Rachel, Gavin O'Connor's movies follow a formula, but the writing is so good. The characters are done so well and the acting is on point that you just kind of forget about it after a while and you get sucked in. At least I do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. All right. What's your next pick?
1: Wow. We went off on a bit of a tangent. I know. I
0: could talk about Warrior all day. We, could probably, we probably should do a whole extra podcast would, someday about it.
1: I would love to do that. But yeah. anyway. So my next choice is from 2018. It was directed by Jonah Hill, and it is called Mid-90s. Uh, this is from A24, so you know it's going to be slightly artsy. And, uh, and it is. It's done in the, in the style of 90s cameras at the time. It tells the story of a little boy who is, who I don't want to say he comes from a broken home, but his father's no longer in the picture. His mother is trying to make ends meet while still keeping up appearances and his brother wants absolutely nothing to do with him. So he starts gravitating towards a love of skateboarding and and finds kinship in these fellow skateboarders who are trying to capture their tricks on uh on video. I wonder if there's a website in the future that they could post those clips to. You do. But anyway, uh like I said this was written and directed by Jonah Hill and to me Jonah Hill is either hit or miss, like it, as an actor. Sometimes he can be the funniest part of a movie, and sometimes he can just he can just have go away heat. I just want him off of my screen forever. But with this one, I was pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed Mid Nineties. Uh, it reminded me a lot of the, of Spike Jones's adaptation of Where the Wild Things Are. It's about this this little boy who's trying to find himself and trying to navigate these complex emotions that he is trying to go through with a mom who clearly loves him and played brilliantly by Catherine Waterson, by the way, but is trying to keep her own ducks in a row. And an older brother who kind of is ambivalent towards him, played brilliantly by Lucas Hedges. Uh, and so he finds, finds friends in these skaters and he starts doing things that you probably shouldn't be doing, whether it's legal or illegal. That's all the way up to you. But it's it's a coming of age story that I don't think we really see anymore. It's like a warts and all coming in age, coming of age story. And for someone like Jonah Hill, who I'm like eh on on a good day, I was very surprised that he was able to he was able to craft something like this. And I hope that he keeps writing and directing down the line.
0: so is joan hill actually in the movie or is he just directing
1: he is just a director i i i I can't remember if he makes a cameo or not but Mm -hmm. i i don't think he does
0: yeah i want to see this uh especially if you say the comparison to where the wild things are which is a movie i absolutely love uh so that's interesting keep in mind
1: there are no fluffy monsters voiced (laughs) by james gandolfini in midnight
0: right but i i love that movie so that's intriguing uh, and uh so yeah i i uh, think maybe i maybe dismissed it uh too quickly i should give it a shot uh it sounds really interesting all right my next pick and this is like is arguably not a hidden gem as far as if you're if you're into classic films this is very well regarded (laughs) uh but if you're not into classic films you might not have heard of it and you might need to check it out so that was kind of my argument for it and it's called his girl friday and this is one of the classic films uh that we've ever gotten out of hollywood particularly the dialogue is so fast it's so quick and it's about these two reporters uh, that have been married now are divorced. It's Rosalind Russell and Carrie Grant, and she is now uh, going to get married. And so uh, he finds out about it, and there's this whole case that they end up going, getting uh, involved in, and uh, she's she can't resist the you know the big case, the big the big story. And uh, it's got some of the best dialogue that you've ever seen. It's it's really good, and directed by Howard Hawks. And uh, so yeah, highly recommend. Uh, if you want to see a really great romantic comedy, uh, then you should check it out.
1: Yeah, I'm 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 honestly a little surprised that I have never seen this movie. And I'm a big I'm a big Howard Hawks fan. He directed one of my favorite westerns, Rio Bravo.
0: He he did Bring Up Baby. Uh, which is also one of my favorites of that era. So, uh, yeah, he is definitely a very, uh, very uh, versatile director and producer. Uh, so, de- if you like, if you like rom coms, you've got to see His Girl Friday. It's one of the one of the foundation rom coms that uh, has been copied and looked at and, and uh, emulated uh, uh, so many times. So you got to check it out.
1: Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, Howard Hawks is uh, one of the, in the words of Leonard Maltin, he is one of the greatest directors that doesn't have a household name.
0: Yeah, I think so. That's, I think that's fair. I think for some reason, I feel like, outside of uh, film twitter and people who know movies i feel like david lean isn't as well known as he deserves to be with his amazing rep, you know filmography but um but yeah the uh, the howard hawks would also be another one well what's your next pick
1: uh so my next pick is is stars a man who is frequently Compared to Cary Grant, George Clooney. Uh, this is called Up in the Air. Uh, this was directed by Jason Reitman, the son of Ivan Reitman. And Jason Reitman would go on is going to be directing the new Ghostbusters movie, or would have if, 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 if the pandemic hadn't happened. But, uh, but that is coming down the pike. Uh, Up in the air is about a man played by George Clooney who basically is flown around to fire people. It's like the definition of, of what was of what is called a BS job, a job that could be done by anybody, and could easily be phased out, but is done mostly just to make the company look good, and uh, and he and he learns that he's essentially going to be phased out eventually because a new executive played by Anna Kendrick is introducing the world to Skype. And so to hire someone to travel around to say you're fired is going to be very expensive. So he has to grapple with that, while at the same time, he ends up having a very good romantic relationship. And uh, and Up in the Air was a movie that I didn't see in theaters. It was a little before I became a serious moviegoer and I ended up watching it at home just on a lark and I absolutely loved it. Uh, George Clooney is just one of the most charismatic actors that is still going today. Like he's now pretty much a tequila salesman at this point, he's running his tequila company, but for a while he was like, he was like Mr. Charisma. Like if he was on the poster, you knew that he was just going to give a full 200%. And, uh, and, He's actually surprisingly wholesome in this movie. He comes off as like, he comes off as this hard guy. Like there's this one line where he talks about how he once had three miserable days off because he's basically married to his job. But deep down inside, he has the same wants and desires as any other man. And when he gets into that romantic relationship, you really do root for him and you want him to succeed in that Uh, so Up in the Air is is one of those movies that it's kind of romantic but it's and it's kind of a comedy and with a little bit of drama in there at the same time it's like a rom-com drama that's a thing right
0: (laughs) (laughs) a dramedy I guess yeah I love this movie I think it is so well written I really like Jason Reitman I am a huge fan of Juno it's one of my favorite one of my top 20 favorite movies and so I'm a huge fan of him and I I really enjoy this film as well and I think what it does so well is you have a character who thinks they have everything figured out thinks they have everything under control they they have everything that they want in life and then things just start unraveling through the course of the 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 movie and I I think the romantic relationship is actually quite devastating uh, when he there's a certain point where he finally allows himself to be vulnerable and then what happens is I think quite devastating and uh, I think that it would be easy to make that character really unlikable but because he is so charismatic and because I think the Anna the contrast with the Anna Kendrick character uh, and her, and kind of her arc, which she was nominated for an Oscar for this, uh, is really good. And I just, I thought it was... A great movie. I love it. So I'm with you there. And uh, we're going to be doing our, our best and worst of George Clooney as a little, uh, we're we're going to start to do a little bonus to try to tease people to listen to the podcast. So uh, make sure you check that out. That'll be really fun. And so it's a, it's a very good pick up in there. It's a movie I, re- I really love. Okay, so uh, then we have uh, an animated film uh for my list we have charlotte's web this is one of the few non-disney films uh, to uh to make its stamp uh on animation in the 70s this is 1973 uh but it's really good uh, of course based on the e.b white uh classic children's novel and you have uh you have some really lovely performances debbie reynolds as charlotte and you have uh, Paul Lind uh, playing Templeton the rat and the songs are from the Sherman brothers. So you can't go wrong with that. One of the few non Disney films that they did. And uh, it's, it's, it's a you know, really great story of them trying to save Wilbur and, and uh, everything. So yeah, it's, I think it holds up. I, th- it, they, I believe it was made by the Hanna-Barbera people. Um, and I think it's really good.
1: Yeah, this is uh, this is one of those uh, one of those books that I've read but have never seen any of the movies. Uh, I read Charlotte's Web when I was going when I was in fourth or fifth grade, and I remember loving it. And I had no I, I had always heard about this movie. I was more aware of the two thousand six live action version with Dakota Fanning, and I never saw that. I don't know if you saw that if it was any good.
0: It's okay. Like it's fine. Um but I I I prefer this animated version especially cuz of the songs.
1: Yeah, the Sherman brothers they're pretty good at writing songs, I'd say.
0: Mm. But and I almost always prefer animation over live action. <laughs> but it's it's perfectly serviceable.
1: Put aside your confirmation bias for once, Rachel. <laughs> for <shame.
0: laughs> But it's just a sweet story, and uh, like I said, you can't beat those songs. So, what do you have next?
1: Next pick is a documentary, and it is called Every Little Step. Uh, this was a this was a movie that I saw in middle school. As I was, uh, I was a big musical theater kid growing up, and so there were a certain there were a certain amount of movies you had to watch in order to like get the full. Experience and every little step is one of them. It's a documentary about the revival of a chorus line on Broadway with members of the original cast, including Bay York Lee. And it, it, it chronicles about 3,000 or so dancers trying to get into into this musical. It's, and it's incredibly competitive. And the documentary does a great job of highlighting their stories, their trials, their tribulations, struggles and failures and it it's it's very it can be very uplifting and can be downright heartbreaking all at the same time uh, I've never seen a chorus line I've heard nothing but good things but I, I know the songs and I and I know every little step about the about the making of the revival and one of my favorite, One of my favorite parts of the movie is when the initial auditions happen and the first song from a chorus line is, God, I hope I get it. I hope I get it. God, I hope I get it because I really want. And that is intertwined with all of the potential dancers preparing, going over their lines, practicing their, their dance steps they need for the choreography and et cetera. And the mood of the song fits in brilliantly with the footage of the people practicing because the song is is about auditioning. And now that audition song is being placed over auditions. So in a weird way, it all comes full circle. So uh, Rachel, have you ever heard of this one?
0: Yes, I've seen it. I really enjoyed it. I actually considered picking it uh, when I was going through. It was on my kind of short list. Uh, and I, I think that it is really well done documentary. And I think it'd be a good choice if you're having that Broadway you know cravings. It'd be a good way to kind of get your fix while Broadway's as closed. And, uh, and although it might be kind of depressing <laughs> too, to be like, Oh, it's gone, but it's, it'll come back. I promise it'll come back. So yeah, it's a really, it's a, it's a well-done documentary. If, if you like this kind of behind the scenes, uh, look at the, uh, at the, how things are kind of made and the different uh, personalities that, try out and everything and the devastation disappointment uh, but then also the excitement when some of them do get picked
1: yeah and another thing about the documentary that I just just popped into my head is we get to learn more about the creator of the musical Michael Bennett and how he was an openly gay man and how Mm -hmm. he was how he struggled with with all of that like having the number one musical on the planet and also being Uh, on the LGBT spectrum and the documentary I feel does a great job of chronicling that and how, how he struggled with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very good pick. Okay. Next I, on my list, I have a a romantic comedy uh, called, I know shocker called (laughs) what (laughs) if, and this movie is basically about these two friends from college that Uh, that are kind of friend zoned each other especially her with him he's more interested in her than she is with him Uh, but she's kind of they're always sort of in relationships when the other's out of a relationship like it never uh, kind of works out even though they're close it's kind of when Harry met Sally a little bit but um, in that way but I think it's actually pretty funny and i think that daniel radcliffe and zoe zoe kazan have nice chemistry together and uh, you really kind of want them to get together Uh, and also adam driver is in this uh, and mackenzie davis and they play their like married couple friends and they are hilarious and really good And um, so if you want to see like an early more small role of adam driver then you should definitely check this one out i think it's i definitely think it's uh, underrated
1: yeah there's something about adam driver in smaller movies that makes me like him even more like mm-hmm. like it, it seems seems if now that his star wars phase is officially out of his system he'll finally return to movies like Logan Lucky or What If or something like that and I will be all for that when he does
0: yeah I mean he he is very funny and I think people uh, that are only used to him as Kylo may not realize that but he can be extremely funny and he is in this so uh, if you like romantic comedy then you should check it out
1: yeah and it's funny because I was I was looking this up on IMDb and on IMDb, the movie is credited as called the F word. And then there's the oh, post yeah. that says, what if? So is that an international thing? Do mm-hmm. you
0: know? I think it was called the F word in, in Britain, but like, I think the F word is not as, as big of a deal in, uh, in Britain as it is here. It's not like as much of a swear word as it is there it's like more of a joke and uh i think that's why they wanted i mean this is pg thir- they want to get that pg-13 for this and if it was called the f-word there's that's not happening so yeah, that's probably why was, they called it what it is
1: because i was i was looking at it and i and I picked there was another movie called What If that starred Kevin Sorbo. And I was like, wait a minute, I think she's talking <laughs> about the wrong the wrong movie. But then <laughs> yeah. then I went back and I, I was like, wow, international releases are just really weird. Like, like don't look into the Godzilla titles because the Godzilla titles in Japan versus over in the States, they'll make your, your head spin. Oh, yeah. But that's neither here nor
0: there. I know that happens sometimes like with a Zootopia. It was uh what was it called um Zootropolis, Zootropolis I think or
1: Zootopolis something like that. or Tropolis
0: Something like yeah yeah that in the um and it just had to do with there was some park amusement park in Italy that was called Zootopia and so you know so there's some nice really random reasons why they have to change So yeah is your uh your uh next or your final pick
1: So my final pick is from 2011 and it is called The Lincoln Lawyer uh, this was uh, this starred Matthew McConaughey just as he was about to make his McConnaissance, said it has been lovingly dubbed, and it tells the story of a lawyer who rides around in a Lincoln, and uh, and he helps like he's like Saul Goodman, like he helps like the people who have no chance in hell of getting off, but he he somehow finds a way to get them off, but unlike Saul Goodman. Who does who like takes shortcuts? Uh, the Matthew McConaughey is actually a very talented lawyer, and uh, and he gets on this case where it seems like oh he has to defend a rich kid against the rich kid sexually assault sexually assaulting a woman, but he says that he didn't do it. Seems open and shut. Well, it turns out there are a lot more twists and turns there than previously imagined. And uh, like I said, this was around the time when Matthew McConaughey was really starting to turn on, turn on the jets when it came to his acting. Uh, there's there's also there's also Bryan Cranston in there. He was in the middle of his Breaking Bad's Breaking Bad phase, which meant that was peak 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 Bryan Cranston. Uh, and this was directed by a gentleman named Brad Furman, who would also direct. Brian Cranston in a movie called The Infiltrator, which I think is also underrated. And he also directed a Justin Bieber documentary. So the man has quite a range, let's just say that. But um, in, terms of, in terms of the movie itself, it's not going to rewrite the rules in terms of lawyer movies. It's pretty much going to follow the beats, but, but it makes up for that in really, really fascinating characters. Uh, Marissa Tomei is in this. William H Macy is in this. Josh Lucas is in this. Who fell off the Earth for a while, but then came back in Ford v Ferrari, and he's always a lot of fun. Michael Pena is in this. Uh, John Leguizamo he's in this too. They're both great. So yeah, this is a movie that definitely fell under the radar, and I think I think you I I think you all would really like it.
0: Very cool. I didn't realize that it had uh, all those people in it. Mm-hmm. I. I'd heard of this from my Matthew McConaughey, but I didn't realize that it had Cranston and all of that. So that, that that's very intriguing.
1: Plus, there's a really excellent twist that I will dare not spoil if anyone wants to go check it out. But believe me, it's like, it's it'll knock you off your feet in the yeah. best way possible.
0: Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, my last pick is a very unusual film uh, that I really enjoyed called Anna in the Apocalypse. And this is a zombie Christmas uh, coming-of-age musical. And (laughs) you don't get that every day, right? And uh, it's about the the zombie apocalypse that's happening in England and particularly about these two... uh, Teenagers, particularly a girl, is our lead kind of character, and she's kind of struggling to you know get along with her parents, and and she's got these different kind of relationships, and and she's just kind of over it, and and then all of a sudden the zombie apocalypse happens, and uh, it's uh, it's uh, very very creative and energetic and fun and funny, and I I, I really like the songs. Uh, especially Hollywood ending I think is really good and uh, so yeah it's if you want something different especially you know around the holidays when uh, when you know you see I see a lot of the same stuff it's refreshing to watch this
1: yeah and I was I was looking at the trailer for this earlier and one of the poll quotes is Shawn of the Dead meets La La Land
0: that's right I love
1: Shaun of the Dead it's one of my favorite movies to watch around October And I'm one of the like five people that still loves La La Land even after it came out. So I definitely have to check this out.
0: Yeah. It's really, it just has a creative energy about it that I really responded to and just thought was very fun. So people should check it out. So there we go. That is our 10 picks. I think those are very strong picks. Amazon, prime coming through again with some really good stuff so uh, let us know what you are watching i also have my review of this series utopia on my channel so you want to check that out that's uh, it will just i think posted to when this airs i think will be the first day of that series but anyway check that out uh, that was an interesting thing to watch and uh, so ryan where can people find you
1: uh, you all can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at RyanCam20. Then, of course, there's my channel, Ryan Cam Movie Reviews, on YouTube. Uh, today, we're recording this on a Tuesday, which means yesterday, which is a Monday, my, my episode of the AFI Project on King Kong dropped. And that was a lot of fun to make. And then on Wednesday, I'll be dropping my episode for, memory help me, memory help me, Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, starring Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway, and I've got a lot of a lot of quality movies coming up to review on that project. Uh, Midnight Cowboy, uh, the first Lord of the Rings. Uh, let's see, Streetcar Named Desire. So it's the AFI project is going to come in with some heavy hitters, and then of course starting in October, uh, it's my channel is going to be taken over by Scary Mania, where I'm going to be. I'm going to be reviewing 31 horror movies what? in 31 days and it is by far and away the biggest series that I have ever done on my channel. I've done I've done a Halloween series every year since 2018. I did an animation month in 2018 and I did the first encounter last year. And so I decided, you know what? I'm just going to pull a James Rolfe from uh, from the Angry Video Game Nerd and I'm going to review 31 horror movies in 31 days it's going to be a challenge but you know Uh, what i've got the true grit to do it
0: that's awesome well i look forward to that that's going to be really fun and uh, make sure you're (coughs) following ryan's channel and make sure you like and, and like this video subscribe to Rachel's reviews really appreciate that if you are listening on itunes please leave your ratings and reviews and if you are Watching on YouTube, please give us thumbs up and uh, and comment on the video. Let us know what you think about our picks and what you've been watching on the, on Amazon Prime. Prime. We also have our Patreon, which we are going to have our next Patreon watch along tomorrow uh, on this upcoming Saturday uh, with Nina Weinman. We are going to be watching Pumpkin Pie Wars, so perfect for the holidays. Make sure you check that out be really fun in any a level a patron can join us. We also had this week, uh, me and Ryan got to uh, be joined by patron Micah and his mom Stacy to talk about Ratatouille, which is so fun. So if you want to have that similar opportunity, be sure to check out the Patreon in the, in the all the information is in the description section. And also uh, make sure you check out merch store, which is really fun. And uh, thanks again. And we'll talk to y'all later. Bye everyone. Bye.